before you can face five men in a, in a combat, you must have ready to die. That's what I'm trying to point out in this story. This man, what characterizes them is fearlessness. They've given their life for this thing. And what did Lord Jesus Christ tell us? For those who, he said, if you want to be my disciple, what did he say? You must hate your life. If you don't hate your father and your mother and your, and your own life also. That is the fearlessness. You cannot be my disciple. Is what he said. So, this message that you are pointing out here, it is the message that the Lord has actually pointed out to us all along. You want to be his disciple, you must count your life as nothing. And carry your cross and follow me. Is what he said. What does that really mean? I always explain this way. In the days of the Roman Empire, the cross is what they used to execute criminals. So they, all the Jews knew what it meant when you say carry your cross. Because when, they have con- when the governor has condemned this fellow that he, he was criminal and they now want to execute him, they crucify them on the cross. And the man will have to carry that cross while the, the soldiers are whipping him, take it to the place where they are, they are going to crucify him. So they were all aware of what the Roman Empire was doing. And Jesus Christ said, if you want to follow me, he's carrying the cross. So they understood that he says it's the death sentence. Why is it a death sentence? Because you are going against Satan, who is controlling this world. And Christ comes to set up his own kingdom. But he said, I've given you authority. You just have to learn how to use it. And there will be a counter-attack. You just have to know that you are standing with God. And God is fighting for you. Because he never goes to battle and lose. Our God never goes to any battle and lose. Let's take the story of Gideon. Gideon in the story, in the book of Judges. Gideon was in the generation where the Midianites have come against Israel. And they were just harassing them, taking their food. Gideon was trying to hide his food. And the angel manifested to him and said, we'll go in this just when you drive this Midianus away. In the end, God gave him the confidence to go. So he called all the people together, 200, something thousand, 30,000 gathered together to fight the Midianus. And God said, announce anyone that is afraid should go back home. Anyone that is afraid. Or they have just got married. You don't want to die in the battle. Go back home. And there's about 20 something thousand went back home. 8,000. 8,000. But the enemy they are going to fight was like a million with all their donkeys and horses. And God looked around and said, hey, 8,000, they are still too many. So you are too many. Okay, bring them over here and let them drink water and I will test them for you. Anyone that drink like a dog, lapping, separate them, and the rest drinking like this, separate them. And 300 men, they were lapping with their hand like a dog, like this. While the other put their mouth in the, in the water. And say, okay, those 300 men, keep them. Send the rest home. Say, those 300 men are the one I'm going to use to deliver you. And they went to the, to the battle. And you can read the rest of the story. I think it's Judges chapter 6 or something. And they won the battle. See, God was looking for something in every individual of us. We are all called to be saints. Like we have said, many are called, but few are chosen. So, 
they were all Israelites. You have to remember, they were all Israelites. So nothing wrong that they, they were sent home does not mean they are not acceptable as Israelites. We ask this, but say God is choosing those whom you say these are the ones that can be fearless. But look at what they were to do when they went to that battle for the for Gideon. They were not going to fight with their sword. They were just to follow instruction. And not that choose obedience, number one. They must follow instruction. That's obedience. But if 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 they are thinking humanly, they will say, This is suicide. You can't go to war like this. So they were like suicide bombers, like I use terminology that I use for them. I say, 300 men against million, they were going to commit suicide. And that is the fearlessness that I'm pointing out that Adino the S night, a spear against 800 men, he was ready to die. He given his life for this thing. And but God came upon him and made him fight the battle and won the battle, and the people have to flee. Samson, you know the story of Samson. God said he was going to begin to, de- to deliver Israel from the Philistines. He himself just a lot against thousands of soldiers. You say, well, that's the anointing of the Lord that was protecting him. Yes. They say, God wants to give that authority only when he has seen that you are ready to give your life. You have given your life to him, then he is ready to be afraid. See, if you try to save your life, say you will lose it. That's what the Bible says. Those that try to save their life, they will lose it. So that is the point I'm saying. We are called to be what? To be saints. And it's calling us this edification to make you want to be the Elijah company of saints. The fearlessness that is calling you to come and stand for him. An example. There will be there will be some testimonies that we can give where the Lord has said, okay, let me give a particular testimony. Long time ago when I was just finishing college and I waited upon the Lord and I waited and maybe after a long fast and the Lord came in one vision, one morning, just on my bed and he pulled me, my spirit, into a place where I was as a preach to these people in that vision, preach to them. It's like a town, like a city. And I started announcing Jesus coming soon and the thing turned into a riot. And they were coming against me in that vision. It's a vision now. Coming against me, I mean, they, they hated the gospel. Also. And I was turning to calling fire from everyone. The Holy Ghost lightning was coming against them. And the Lord made me to say that those are spirits. What the, the Job said, the inhabitants, the inhabitants that were destroyed from the earth, they say have their locations. God has them somewhere. But God wanted me to experience that this is a warfare. That's why it brought my spirit to that place. And they were ready to destroy this man that came to preach to them in that vision. But lightning was coming from the above my head against them. And then the Lord pulled me back to my bed. When I wake up, I said, you, Lord, that's a, that's a battle. That's a war. And said, let's go again. I'll find someone. They said, okay. Pull me back again. I found myself in another section. Same thing happened. Now, the Lord was just using that to make me see this is a warfare. Whether you see them like I saw in the vision or not, when you went about preaching in the streets, you better be full of armor of God. He said, put on the old armor of God. Why? Because they were firing at us. They were firing at us in the spirit world. Because you are coming against a kingdom. 
And they have weapons too. I mean, Satan. Satan is a, king, is a kingdom. But God is saying we are to recognize whom we are in Christ Jesus. The authority he has given to us, you have to recognize it in Christ Jesus. Amen? And when you recognize your authority, then use it and stand your ground. Because some of those things I said, when they came against us, you feel the pain. Not that you don't feel anything. You may feel the pain. You may feel some struggle. But see, when you stand your ground, then God is standing with you. And that's why the Bible said, you put on the armor of God, if there is no firing of arrow, you don't need the shield of faith. If there is no enemy to fight, there is no need for all this armor that the Apostle Paul described in Ephesians chapter 6. So let's go back to Ephesians chapter 6 and read the armor that was reported to us. Ephesians chapter 6, Where he said, put on the old armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wires of the enemy. And having done all, to stand. Verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the old armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wires of the devil. Now, we have not described what are the wires of the devil because they are in different forms. They are in different forms. Every hour of the enemy is not just to make you sick of headache or virus or cancer or those type of things. Those are also wires of those are also arrows of the devil. But the, the very common one is sin. That is the first we call it a rope. When you want to cow I'm from the cow family, we dominate the meat market in my father, in my in my clan, my father's house. So we have cows. If we want to catch the cow, they make a loop in the head of the cow like the cowboys you have seen in the, in the movies. And we throw it to the cow and it's hung, get it hung. That is what the sin is. They will try to get you, he try to throw sin at you. And he get your horn down, he got you, trying to dry you in, dry you in. Then the next person is to put a rope in the leg of the cow so that we can get the cow to where we want to get the cow to. So sin, Bible says, is a reproach to any people. So that is what the devil will first use. Those are part of the wires of the enemy, and we have described them in many other areas. That that sin, whether it is jealousy, can become a sin, or anger, or pride. Those are all sins that the devil can use. And once he gets that, he's trying to draw the cow in for slaughter. And that's one of the times we say, oh, those could be doors whereby sickness is coming and disease is coming and those so you all know some of those things but put on the old armor of God for we wrestle not against flesh and blood see what I'm talking about we are not wrestling against men against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places now remember I said we are called to that to come to the level of Elijah sins the company of Elijah says, because God said, I will send to you Elijah the prophet. Because at this end of the world, it, 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 things are still going to be tougher and tougher, rougher and rougher in this physical world. No matter what the devil is throwing, it could be in form of this or that, and we know the mark of the beast, we're going to be final thing where it's going to be, you are going to take the mark or you are going to give your life when they come to that point. But see, all of those things will take place, but Believers that know the word of God are going to have to stand. 
going to have to stand the test of time. So whatever it is, we are going to stand, putting on the armor of God. And he went on to tell us this armor. Stand there from verse 14. Having your loins got about with truth. This word of God we are talking about. The truth. You must know the truth. So that you don't fall for, for as prey to the enemy. Because during the time of the mark of the beast that will come in the end, there will be some groups, even that maybe churches that will say, that's not the mark. But you know the truth to say, I'm not going for this. Because it will be around before the rapture takes place, they will begin to see these things manifest. Verse 15 says, and your feet. Verse 14, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet sure with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now you are ready to pray. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching there unto with all perseverance and supplication for all sins. So after you have put on the whole armor of God, then you have the sword. Then you are about to fight. So remember that. And the Lord is on your side. The Lord is covering you and gathering your back. And we have to remember that. And we have to know that it is all the glory to the Lord Jesus Christ. The glory belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse, first Peter chapter 2 verse 9. As I will wrap it up. First Peter chapter 2 verse 9. We, every one of us, have been called to be saints. Apostle Paul to say, but ye, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, an holy nation, a peculiar people. What is the purpose of this? That ye should show for the priests of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So when we say we are on God's side, it is the Lord that is fighting the battle. The battle is the Lord's. But see, God needs human beings. Take, for example, when he sent Moses. Moses said, send somebody else. I cannot talk. And God said, no, you have to be the one to do it. But God needed somebody to stand on the stage with him. It's the, everything that Moses did, who did it? The Lord. He said, well, what do you have in your hands? He said, I have a rod. He said, well, that's what I'm going to use. Whatever you have in your hand, God will use that. So God used the rod that he has been holding all along, using it to drive all these sheep and cattle. He said, well, use that. Use it to smile the water it will turn to blood. It is God that was doing it. But he still needs human beings. So he has chosen you and I as the human beings that he has called. And he's calling every other one. You that's listening on the line, if you are not really a believer, God is calling you, come as you are, and he will take you with the power, sanctify you, and then send you out to go and witness for him. And you that's already a believer, he's inviting you to get hotter for Christ. Count your life as nothing because he has said, if you cannot even hit your own life, you cannot be my disciple. You have, to rec- you have to take the gospel like that. That is first and foremost. And then follow him. Follow him. Follow the Lord Jesus Christ. So like I was saying, he is calling us to come to that level of Elijah prophets, Elijah sins, so that he can use us. Because why Elijah? Because that is the level that Christ said, the least in his kingdom will be greater than this Elijah. 
And the characteristic that we can tell is just fearlessness. We give our life because he has given his life for us, so we give our life to follow him. That is what he has called us on to. I say, count the cost of being a disciple. And if I will invite you that are here, I will ask you if you want to rededicate yourself to the Lord. I've been following the Lord, but sometimes I got shaking and tremble because of what I'm going through, almost backing off. But God is saying, He will stand with you only when you stand firm, ready to lay down everything. Give an example of the days of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the book of Daniel. There will have been no story to tell if these men were not ready to die for what they believed. If they were not going into that fire, there will be no story to tell. God did not show up when they were still being tried by Nebuchadnezzar. Because God could have done it many other ways. Also. He could change the mind of Nebuchadnezzar. He didn't do that. He just waited. But these men were ready to die. They said, we are, even if God, if you throw us in that fire, we are not ready, we are not going to bow. Just throw us. Our God, we are ready to die is what they are saying. Our God can deliver us from fire, that's no problem. But if he does not, we are still not going to bow. And then, Nebuchadnezzar was furious. He said, make that fire seven times hotter. Throw them in there. So it has to be a miracle if they ever escape because the men that carry them to the fire say, don't st- get inside there with them. Throw it. No, don't throw them at the entrance. He said, because the king's hunger was so hot against these men, he said, carry them inside. He wanted to see them carry them inside. And those men that carried the these two boys or the three men, they themselves died in the fire. They said, God was waiting for them in the fire. So if you don't want, if you want God to deliver you, you must be ready to go into the fire with him. That's what I'm saying. So that's why I'm saying that the Lord is simply saying, we have to come to fearlessness, ready to lay everything down for him. Then he's ready to give uh, his, his power for us. And he chooses by the sovereigns of God. He chooses when he will do that. So don't say, well, I will wait for one hour, Lord. If you don't come in one hour, I'm backing off. No, then you have not known him. Because the first Peter, James, and John, everybody remember the inner circle of the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter, James, and John. Herod got mad and said, Well, I need to stamp out this Christianity. So he said, Who oh, is the leader? He saw Peter or James. So he thought James won't be the leader. So he got James. And the Bible said, And he killed James with his sword. God, the Lord didn't do anything. God didn't show up. So don't think, well, ye, and then he said, well, now I got James, and he wondered, say, go find out what the rabbis, what the Sanhedrin thought about it. And he said, the Sanhedrin, they were happy that Herod is going to take care of these people for us. So now Herod was happy, said, let's just take the next one. Got Peter. If he had been successfully, successful in killing Peter, he would have said, round up everybody. He would have rounded up every one of them. Better he got Peter. But then prayer of the saints were crying unto God. And the angel of the Lord came and got Peter out of the jail. The supernatural God. We are talking of, we are following the supernatural God. He will use that supernatural power as he wills, when he wants. 
but every one of us are called to leave it all on the altar for him. Give up your life for him. That is what is required. That's the requirement. When you say you are making some engineering designs, what are the requirements that the customer wants? This team must do this. That's the requirements. So Christ said, that's my requirement. Give it all, your life. Then he chooses to use his power for you and for me. So don't be afraid. You see, that's why Christ said, don't be afraid of he that can kill the body and cannot do anything anymore. But fear him who is not just going to kill the body but will throw the soul and the spirit into hair fire. Then that's what I want to fear. Because how many years can you live on this planet? How many years? Physically, 120. As of now, 120 maximum. I don't know anybody that's living up to that. In the days of King David, they were saying, oh, 70 years, oh, even 80, we are more. You must be strong to get 80. Now we get people to 90 something, Billy Graham, almost 99, also, before he passed on. Many of the elder people, they 80 something, and that is good as far as men are concerned. Even if you are strong enough, maybe you get 120 years of, like Moses. But that is little compared to eternity. Eternity that we are talking about. That's why Christ said, hey, don't be afraid of man that can kill the body, but fear him. Who not only will kill the body, we throw the soul into air fire. And from air fire, they go to the lake of fire with Satan. So that's the one we should fear. And then we are ready to lay down our life for him because he is the Lord. And then he actually said, he will do as he will. He will show up when he wants to show up. And he's showing up just to show to the devil. Look at what is going on in our generation. Boko Haram, Al Qaeda, extremists, jihadists, in many other places. There were stories of people that in, in Iran or Afghanistan, they gave their life to Christ and the, their parents wanted to kill them for that purpose. Occasionally they were successful. Occasionally they persecuted them so severely. Occasionally God showed up. We had the story of a, a young woman that was formerly part of them, part of the uh, extremists in Nigeria. And she gave her life to Christ and then they wanted to kill her. But the Lord showed up by supernatural miracle. So God can show up as when he wants, as he likes, anytime he wants. And if he does not show up, we are ready to lead our life. That is what he's asking for. And let's start up. That fearlessness, I did know the last night. <laughs> the Lord had a sense of humor. Let me give you this story of a sense of humor. I preached this, this, verse, this uh, sermon many years ago, maybe in GMI, a long, long time ago. And that night, I mentioned Adino the Esnach, one of the mighty men of David. And I said, the Lord has a sense of humor. And that night I slept, and I was, and I might wake up when the Lord wakes me up at 2, 3, 4 a.m. And maybe I was so tired, and I just couldn't wake up, and Somebody was stopping me. I couldn't wake up. And the Lord spoke to me because I said, look at that. I didn't know the S night. <laughs> if you want to be at the know the S night, you better wake up and pray. Amen? Amen? Wake up in the dead of night and pray. Praise the Lord. So, Praise the Lord. Well, we will continue this message in the next broadcast. The Bible said, precept shall be upon precept, line upon line. A little there, a little there. And I pray that you will not miss the next broadcast so that you can build upon that which you have just learned today. The Bible said, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
in, in other words, we can say faith coming by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. It's not just a one-time shot. You must keep hearing the word so that your faith can be built up. We shall continue this message in the next broadcast. Don't miss the next broadcast. God bless you.